Well, hello everyone. This is Carrie Beck with Homeschool Coffee Break, and y'all are in for a treat today. I'm so excited to have Abby Banks here. She is with Four One More. Welcome, Abby. Thanks so much for um, carving time out of your busy day. Thanks for having me, Carrie. This is fun. Um, and Abby, we're going to talk about a topic that is really near and dear to my heart. It was something I know that was really important for my kids to learn and um, to really be able to do, we actually did kids inductive Bible studies when, when they were young. Now they're all in their thirties, they do their own thing, but um, I just wanted them to be able to look at the Bible and not be dependent on someone else asking questions and helping them figure out what it means. So I'm excited about what you're going to talk about, Abby. Um Anyway, we're going to go right into Bible literacy, and I know people are wondering, what in the world does she mean by that? So how would you describe Bible literacy? Yeah, it's it's interesting, right? Because you said, like, you could grow up in the church, you could go to youth group, you could be homeschooled and do, like, Bible curriculum your whole life and still not be biblically literate, meaning you don't know how to pick up the Bible, you know, open to the beginning of a certain book, read through that book. And just be, have basic understanding and then be able to apply it. That's all Bible literacy is. Most of our kids, because of just the way we end up doing curriculum or the way we give them devotionals or what they're learning in youth group, they're just always used to someone else telling them, this is what it means. This is what you should do about it. And so then they grow up being illiterate with the Bible. And this is my story. Like I, I grew up in a Christian school in church my whole life, you know, but I was never taught, like, here's how you understand the Bible. Here's how you read it. And it wasn't until my husband and I were newlyweds, we were at a church that was, you know, kind of the, well, the pastor was expositorily preaching, which is, you know, inductive, right? He's going through the passage, showing you the main points. And then we learned how to do inductive Bible study as newlyweds. So we were like, this is amazing, you know, and that's what, that's the gift I wanted to give my kids, you know, is that life skill of saying, what does the Bible mean? Because if we don't have Bible literacy, we have you, secular worldviews are going to be easier to, you know, get our kids, you know, um, falling for them. They're going to listen to false teaching, false theology, because they're not going to know what the Bible says. So that's in a nutshell, you know, the importance of it and what it is. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And as you did, I thought, oh my goodness, I forgot to ask you to introduce yourself. So uh, we're going to take a little break. We're coming right back to the Bible. And then tell, I know you have, you mentioned your kids. Tell us just a little bit about your family. Yeah. So we have five kids, three, well, I'll say two are in college. The third is graduating from our high school this year. And then I have another in high school and then our little baby on the end, she'll be in fifth grade in the fall. So we've got five and, um, I've been married to my husband let's see how, what year is this? So this will be 24 years and my husband's a pastor. So we've actually been able to put inductive Bible study into practice a lot in different churches we've been in. I've been able to teach, you know, teens and women, and he's used it a lot for a adult Bible study. And it's, it's interesting, even just knowing adults who've grown up in the church, they don't know how to read the Bible either. And so I feel like inductive study is such a gift for everyone of every age. Right. But especially if we can start when our kids are young, it takes that scariness away of like, I don't know how to read the Bible. Well, it's not that hard. You know, like once you're given the tools and shown how to do it, it's not that difficult. That's so interesting. I still use inductive Bible study. I was actually introduced to it right out of college and I was working, I was just single and that was the Bible study they were offering. And so I learned about it. And even to this day, 
I have a new journaling Bible and I have all my colored pens and I do all this stuff. It's just sort of the natural way, I think, of actually reading the Bible and taking it in yourself. So we talk about inductive Bible study. I know there's lots of different kinds of Bible studies. Would you say that all Bible studies are the same? Yeah. The, and sometimes the words trip people up. They're like inductive. That sounds so confusing. What, you know, what does that mean? I would say most of us are familiar with the opposite approach, which is deductive, which is really what our topical studies are like, you know, the typical study, you know, women in the church, we go do a study on women of the Bible. That's topical, right? Or, you know, we want to learn about finances. What does the Bible talk say about that? What does the Bible say about love? You know, so we, we usually, so deductive, which is the opposite, starts with the big topic and then goes, okay, what verses support this? Let's learn the, you know, let's study these verses out and learn about this topic. And that's not bad. I mean, we need that too. Um, but if that's all we do, we're, we're missing out on a, well, a huge amount of scripture because some scripture, you know, it's not, you could say fun <laughs> to study or, you know, the genealogies or, you know, certain books, you're like, how many, how many of us read through the book of Nahum on a normal basis? Like no one. Right. But if you're inductively studying, you really want to study whole books of the Bible, even the boring parts, so to speak. Right. And inductive really gives you a better foundation because it gives you everything in context. We all know people that cherry pick verses and they say, here's one verse. It supports my point And you better listen to me because it's a Bible verse, but they might be pulling it right out of the context. So when you study inductively, you're getting really what the author wanted you to know. And inductive study has three main steps. So you observe, you just, then that's where those colored pens come in, where you were talking about kids love that, you know, marking keywords, repetition, contrast, comparisons. It's so fun to do really. And then you, you say, okay, what does the text say? Then you move on to interpretation. What does the text mean? And then you actually figure out the context there and then you can apply it. A lot of times our, our topical studies, they're really heavy on application, but they haven't shown us how, to, how they got there. You know, they jump right to application. So you know, that's kind of the inductive method. If you, if you do it in, you know, also with topical studies, like I said, there's nothing wrong with topical studies, but you do want that foundational well-rounded approach, which I think the inductive method does give us. That is so good. I remember when we first were introduced to inductive, um, one of the things we were always asked to do every week was a word study, which really can be your little topical part, but you're still going through the verses and maybe that one topic is coming out right there. So don't, I guess I don't want people to feel like, oh, we're just gonna like dig so deep that we don't get any of the application. And yet if you don't get the application, you're not really doing Bible study anyway, the way God wants us to. So, so how could you engage your kids to be able to be in Bible study? Cause some of them are like, well, first of all, the other thing I want to say is I just love your idea because the other kind, it's like, just, it's just like dictatorship. It's just like, just follow what someone's telling you to do. The youth group leaders got everything. Then they get out on their own and they don't have a clue how to look at their Bible. So how could we begin with our kids to engage in this kind of Bible study? I always think of it like there are two types of learners. There's active learning and there's passive learning. And a lot of our you know, youth group or homeschool Bible curriculum, it's like this passive, like, let me just sit here while you pour all the facts. And we look at it as like, Bible facts. Let me just know all the Bible facts. That's not really studying the Bible, right? So it's also just tends to be very passive, especially if you're just, all you're worried about is 
like the factual knowledge, which is important. We, the kids need to know who is who and when it happened and the chronology. I'm not saying any of that should be ignored, but when they're active, like when the, I, I don't want to make this a, maybe the word onus is negative. When the onus, the responsibility is on them to really dig in, it makes them active learners. They're not just sitting there now saying, okay, mom, tell me what I need to know about this passage. They're going, okay, here are the tools. Here's what I do. And let me dig. It's actually fun. My teens have really gotten into it. Even my youngest it's crazy how, you know, we don't think, oh, we can give elementary kids a couple verses, a paragraph and let them dig into it and understand the words, define the words, you know, they really can do it. And I think when our kids are active, um, it engages them. When we use the actual Bible to teach, they love that. They don't want some paraphrased, you know, fluffy, you know, feel good devotional. They actually want the hard stuff. And um, the lovely thing about inductive study is, even for our kids who, you know, maybe struggle with learning, it really engages the visual and kinesthetic learners because that circling and coloring and all the visuals of different color coding of words and topics, they love that. And then for our teens, um, you know, I always think of teens, we expect them to do really hard science, really hard math. And then we go, okay, Bible is just this really fluffy thing this year. And it doesn't make sense, right? They actually want to be challenged and they can be challenged. And so I think just part of engaging them is just helping them be active in their learning. And that is what engages them. So I, I, I've seen really great results with my kids and then other kids we've done this with in our church context. It's been really good. That is so good. I know you talked about different ages. Do you have um, an age that you would begin to obviously, you know, like a two or a three-year-old, you know, you're still just introducing them to people, but um, do you have sort of an age that you would encourage moms and dads to start this type of study? Yeah, that's a great question. Cause I mean, they do have to be able to read, right. And they have to be able to be generally fluent in reading. And so, you know, whenever that is for your kid and obviously like the younger ages, you do want to be reading the Bible story books and doing all the basics that that is crucial. I'm not saying that's not necessary or important, but like my kids were growing up in our home and in a church their whole life at some point in like the elementary years, they start going, okay, I know all the stories. Can, can I get some more depth? You know, I need something more to chew on. And so what kind of, when that happens, um, and they can read, I think that's when you can just start with little paragraphs and your kids will really flourish. Yeah. And I appreciate you saying, it's not like you're going to put an eight-year-old and say, here, read all of James and let's go through it. And you mm -hmm. break it down for that age appropriateness and yeah. into a little paragraph. That that's right. Yep. So what's the value of studying through all the different books of the Bible? Yeah. And I mentioned this before too, right? Like uh, false teachers cherry pick verses all the time. Think of in the garden of Eden, Satan's lie had just a little bit of truth, you know, and he, he, it sounded really enticing. And so if our kids don't, you know, don't, aren't grounded in context and what scripture is actually saying, it's going to be really easy for them to fall into false teaching, secular worldview, and all of that. So when you're studying the whole Bible, all of scripture approach, you're able to, you learn doctrine because you learn it throughout the whole scripture. So for example, like the current worldview of gender ideology, like if we're studying all of scripture, we're seeing it here and we're seeing it here. We're seeing it all these books and we're able to have this robust theology that can carry us through this culture that says, no, this is, this is not right. Or, you know, this is what you should believe. And so, you know, I think that's the importance of it is 
is all of scripture is God breathed and profitable. So we shouldn't ignore any of it. You know, we should be studying through whole books. And so it does give you the context. It gives you exactly what the author wanted you to know without just picking your favorite verse. You know, we need the verses that are not our favorite too. It makes, it allows the text to actually speak for itself. That's the biggest, that's the biggest plus. That's so good. And God is more, I mean, yes, he loves us. He forgives us all this stuff, but there are other aspects of God that we need to learn about as well, just so we can grow in our relationship, just like you get to know your parents or your spouse or your kids. But I remember reading, I, this is probably the third or fourth year I've read through the Bible chronologically. And um, remember the first time I was doing this a few years ago and I was reading through Leviticus, I think, because that's the all the sacrifices. And in the past, I had just, you know, I'd read through it, but it really spoke to me in so many ways of just, there is blood everywhere. And there's a reason there's blood everywhere. And we need to be able to take that and think through that and relate it to Jesus' blood and the sacrifice. And we don't have to do all those sacrifices. So does I was in a Facebook group that year and they were asking about, I said, actually, I really enjoyed reading this book this time. It was only like uh, maybe two weeks worth of reading, but um, so there are parts now, I'm not saying go read the, to the six-year-old, all the blood stuff. You have to be careful about that as well. But so I just appreciate you saying the whole Bible mm -hmm. is profitable for us. One so. of my favorite uh, women Bible teachers, Jen Wilkin, I don't know if you've heard of her, Yeah. Um, but she a lot of the time says like, look, you might not have an application today from what you read, like Leviticus, you might not be like, oh, there's an application for my life today in this, but she's like, you're storing this up. Like you said, for later, it kind of clicked and you were like, oh, this totally connects with other scriptures. So it's not like today you might be really fulfilled with what you read in your Bible reading, but you're storing that up for a later date where it totally connects, right? Yeah, that is so good. Yeah. All right. So, you know, I know we've got some moms and dads that may be listening and they're like, I have never done this before. I am scared. I'm not really sure because you have been one of those maybe that you just would do the Bible study, the topical Bible studies. How could parents gain confidence in being able to do something like inductive Bible study when they don't have experience themselves? Right. And this is most of us. I would say most of us weren't taught this growing up. I mean, I wasn't either. And I grew up in a Christian context all my whole life, but I think it's kind of like with anything with homeschooling, you just do it. You model it with you know, lifelong learning in front of your kids. We don't always know everything we're teaching in homeschooling, but we sit down and we say to our kids, it's okay. I can learn this as an adult and I'm going to learn it alongside of you. So I think it's just committing to trying it. And so I would say like, you just find a book of the Bible, start short, don't start with something complicated, just start studying whole books together and learn it together. And, you know, so don't rely on a curric, you know, Bible curriculum with questions, like actually get the Bible and start learning biblical vocabulary, start learning, you know, um, how to read a paragraph and find key ideas. And just the more you do it, like anything else, it will get easier, right? And you'll be more comfortable and you'll learn as you go. I mean, there are lots of resources, but don't feel intimidated. Like you need a million resources to get started either. You don't, you just need the Bible and a willingness to say to your kids, Hey, I'm going to learn how to do this right with you. And I love the inductive method because you can print it out like biblegateway.com is a great website. You can print your passage, any version you want of the Bible, print it out double space. So you're not all writing in your nice, you know, Bibles and you can just mark it up. You don't have to be afraid of 
you know, wrong answers. You know, you're just learning. You're learning how to dig into the text of scripture. So I would say, just do it. <laughs> That's kind of the main point. Just do it. And I love that because actually when I started, it was back in, I'll date myself, back in the 80s, like 81, and we didn't have printers in every home or the computer to print this out. So I started with my Bible and a three ring notebook, and that was it. And I actually, not the chip to this, but I actually wrote each verse, and then I would start to write things out based on that, you know, I could have probably made copies of it, but that was it. And then I could circle and underline and then I'd write the next verse. It was pretty, it was old school, let me tell you. But once my kids got older and I've done this with young moms when my kids were home, that's what we would do. We would print it out double or triple space so that we could do the different markings. Mm -hmm. So um, I know you have some resources because this is on your heart. Oh, I have to say one more thing. Uh, just tell I can still remember the very first book of the Bible that we did. We did Titus. That was the first. No, now I'm thinking that year we did Philippians and Titus. And I actually don't remember. I'm pretty sure we started with Titus and then we did Philippians. And Titus is like three chapters. So when she's, when Abby's saying start with something small, there are small books in there that you can do that with. So, mm -hmm. So I know you have some resources. Can you tell our audience a little bit about the resources that you have? Sure. We have something for basically at the, at the younger elementary, I would say, you know, like I say kindergarten, but I mean, you have to be reading. So whatever that ends up being on the younger spectrum around kindergarten to maybe fifth grade ish or fourth grade. Um, and that would be called our little fishes Bible study. So with little fishes, we don't do every single verse in the book. So for example, we have a James little fishes, we do nine key passages. And so we teach them how to do that with nine key passages and we walk them through the steps, but it's very user-friendly. It's open and go. It's just, you know, the mom can sit there and do it with the kids. It's not hard to actually, that's a great way to learn how to do it. You do the little fishes with your younger ones and it spells it out for you. So, um, that's our little fishes Bible studies. And then we have, self-study workbooks for like, you know, grade five-ish up to 12th grade. And those go through every verse in a book. So like the book of James will go through every verse, but we do it paragraph by paragraph. It's not overwhelming. Cause like you said, you're not, you're not doing the whole thing in one day. I mean, it's way spread out and we teach teens how to really dig and learn how to do the inductive method through entire books of the Bible. And then some people do love um, having visuals and seeing like, okay, what does this really look like? So we do have optional video lessons too. I've heard oh. from some families where their kids really needed that that visual of seeing me mark up the text and talk through it. And that's kind of what the video lessons are. So um, we've got a little bit of everything for everyone. We also have, um, we did a semester long class for high schoolers on the gospel of John. We did chapters one through 12. It was a deep dive into that over a semester. And for parents who want some grade on the transcript, I mean, there's quizzes, there's rubrics, there's, you know, projects. So if you really are into like, I need something on the transcript, we have that for you too. So there's a little bit of everything um, over at our teachable at 41more.teachable.com. Oh, that is awesome. And I didn't know you had videos. I love that idea because like you said, I mean, some people are visual, some are auditory, some are kinesthetic, and some kids really need that. That's an awesome idea. So, hey, and when Abby says 41more, it is the number four and then the word one, O-N-E, and the word more, M-O-R-E dot com. And we'll put the teachable link down um, in the show notes as well. Are there any other places that people could connect with you? 
Sure. I mean, the main uh, blog is 41more.com. We have the Homeschool with Moxie podcast and Homeschool with Moxie channel on YouTube. So we share even like stuff about inductive study in all those places also. So you can check us out in pretty much all those places. Thank you so much. Is there anything you want to say in closing before we close out? Um, maybe just not to be overwhelmed if this topic is a little bit out of, you know, you've never thought of this before. Don't feel overwhelmed. I guess the most important thing is being in the Bible daily with your kids and letting them see you have that habit and making it a part of your life. Right. So don't be overwhelmed. Like with anything with homeschooling, just do a little bit every day and consistency kind of builds on itself. Right. So even if you're only looking at one verse a day with your kids, start there and just build. I mean, that's the most important thing. Don't wait for things to be perfect till you start it. Right. That is so good. I always tell them good is good enough. Like just get going on there. Yes. So thank you. That's excellent advice. So Abby, thanks so much for spending time with us today. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Carrie. It's been fun chatting with you. All right. This is Carrie Beck with Homeschool Coffee Break. We'll talk to you next time.